0: Being accepted by God. That's the subject next on Truth For Today. Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, this is Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor Phil Howard. Welcome to the program. We're continuing our series Through Romans, the series called Epilogue. We're in chapter 15 and the first 13 verses where we learn how to be accepted by God and what that means. Provocative statement considering where we've been in the first 14 chapters of Romans. Let's catch up with our teacher and pastor Phil Howard, shall we, as we see how we are accepted by God. Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
1: We get man-centered. I need a verse today to help my marriage. Well, I just I to say this. The last thing on God's agenda when he wrote this was give you the best marriage in the world. You may have a chaotic marriage and still go to heaven. You see why James Dobson hasn't had me yet on his program. I mean, it's nice. It's nice. We want it. But I find most families are messed up some way. they got issues. Every family's got issues. Things back there we wish hadn't happened. Man, my sister Hazel over last night and told me of one of my great-grandfathers how he poisoned his wife. What a wonderful thing to be related to him. <laughs> and, you know, just wonderful. My great-grandfather poisoned my great-grandmother. Isn't that wonderful? Said, Man, do you believe in depravity? You haven't seen my family tree. It's depraved. There's everything back there. You don't want to meet. Glad they passed on. The scriptures have a Christ focus. Then he says they have a practical purpose that scripture will encourage you and give you endurance. I've, uh, if you want to be an encourager, you ought to get full of the word and not poetry. You'll never be a real encourager in the church, Christian encouragement, until you get full of scripture because you can say, pastor, stay in there and, and stay with it and we're, we're praying for you. That, that feels kind of good, but i tell you the ones that just drive it home. By the way, I was reading the word and I'd like to give you a promise. Boom, they quote a verse. They speak right into me. I went out with two discouraged pastors about two weeks ago and at lunch, God just quickened me with some verses and I just spoke to this guy's life and I just started quoting scripture. While he wiped his eyes and wept. And God infused strength in him. Because the words of God encourage. The words of God make you want to endure. Make you want to keep running. Keep going. Keep going. That's why you ought to be full of the word. If you're not wearing out a Bible, life is wearing you out. you got to get this book in you. And and don't sleep on it at night. It doesn't go in by sleeping on it. you you got to read it and pray over it. It doesn't just... I, th- I was losing my mind one time. I, I thought I was having a nervous break. I used to go to bed at night with my Bible in my head. God, you've promised me a sound mind, and I think I'm losing mine. Please give me a sound mind. And whatever you think of my mind, it's better than it was then. And, and the divine message, the divine message of this book is intended to encourage God's people. And God's people crave encouragement i never forget Bruce Walkie, a Hebrew prophet, Dallas. He said, the people of God crave exhortation. There's some people in the church, they get touchy. They don't like to be exhorted. They don't like any of this. Get with it and pray. They all say, oh man, don't preach to me like that. Just give me some broad concept. You need to know God. They don't mind that. But when you say you, you need to get with it. Oh, hey, woo-woo. Don't be using you on me while I'm not preaching to the pews. I'm preaching to people. The Bible's written to you. And when it says Peter went to sleep in Gethsemane, he wrote it for you. He's trying to get you to wake up. But you can just keep reading it out there. Well, that's interesting. Next. No, he's talking to you. And then when someone gets up, I grew up with exhorters. My family's full of, I mean, I mean, in the foyer and the Fernandez boys when they were first in this church, because someone was just telling me about a John Fernandez, who's a great exhorter. I mean, how are you doing in your prayer life? I mean, he'd see guys in the foyer, because a man told me, he said, he used to always ask me, how is your prayer life? Well, you'd say, it's none of your business. Wouldn't that be spiritual? Can we ask you about your prayer life? Would you show me your checkbook? How you've been supporting the church? Please show me your checkbook. Show me the last check you wrote this church. Ooh, man, I feel led to go to another church. Well, I guess I would too. Why don't you repent? Why don't you start obeying? The Bible's meant to in comfort, to comfort. And that word for comfort is not just comfort, but to call, come alongside of and coach you, run. Go, keep at it, and endure. Stay in the will of God, persevere. And he says, this is going on. Christ is my example to not live for myself, but to help the weak. And the scriptures encourage me in the same vein. That God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity as you yourselves follow Christ Jesus with one heart and mouth you may glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to think Trinitarian when you read the Bible. Don't ever read just God without trying to figure out which member of the Godhead it is. We don't have a glob of God. It's not just God. That's Unitarian. We've got three distinct persons who are God. And here's God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, if we don't live to please God and help our brother, and if we want to dominate him, guess what it will affect? We won't be able to come together and worship. We'll be divided. We'll be split up. And the thing the enemy really wants to really destroy about us is united praise and worship of the living God. Now, he goes in verse 7 through 12 to say how Christ lived to accept And to serve others in the will of God. Listen to what he says. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. How should I accept people? The way you were accepted by Christ. And how did he accept you? In your sins? In your rebellion? And he's going to go on. He didn't ask if you were kosher or non-kosher. Because he's going to say that when Christ came... He came to fulfill God's promise he gave to Abraham in Genesis twelve three that he would even bless the Gentiles through the seed that would come through Abraham's loins, that would come through David's loins, that Messiah would come. And Messiah would not be just to want for one people, but he would include even us Gentile dogs. He would get us into the family of Abraham through Christ. And he said, I came to be a servant to the promises of God. And I came to throw wide open the table invitation to invite all the nations. Come. I've come to accept all people regardless of their dietary law, regardless of their sins, their ethnicity. Come. I'm a God who accepts people. Without all these hoops, you've got to jump through. And he says, he came as a servant of the Jews and he came to fulfill the promises made to the patriarchs so that Gentiles may glorify God for his, what? Was it to glorify God for our merit or for his mercy? Are you looking at it? It's for his mercy. And God through Jesus Christ has got us alien Gentiles who had no hope, no scripture, no, no uh, line to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Man, we were outsiders. How could we ever get inside? Have you ever been in a group that you knew you were the outsider? And there's always the insider at, the, at work, church, community. You know, the insiders. And when you're an insider, you just love it. Because you've got all the credentials. You, you're on the know. But it's something to be on the outside. I've been on the outside in so many things. It's been wonderful. It makes you love outsiders. When you've been on the outside. You know, you weren't the smartest in the class. You didn't have the most money. Uh, you didn't live in the best part of town. All that stuff. Because what do men boast about? Three things they boast about, Jeremiah says. They boast about their money. They boast about their wisdom, and they boast about their strength. I'm stronger, I'm richer, and I'm smarter, so I'm better. That's all. God, none of that impresses God. God's impressed with people who admit, I'm poor, I'm weak, I can't make it, I need a mighty God. So he's revealed himself to the poor, to those who've been disenfranchised. And here he says, by the way, if you don't think I accept people, look at all the Gentiles in this Roman church. How did you get in here, Gentiles? Because of your diet? Absolutely not. Because I, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, accepted you through Jesus Christ. And Israel... I fulfilled all God's promises. Don't despise those Gentiles. He promised your father Abraham he'd bring the Gentiles to the table. So I want you two to come to the same table and enjoy the same feast because the same God has blessed both of you. That's what he's saying. It's beautiful. It's overwhelming. Then he concludes with a prayer. And here's his prayer. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now God is a God of hope that is God gives people a glorious future hope is always future isn't it future. Fear is usually a dismal future. God is a God of hope he, do you need hope this morning? <laughs> all of us need hope whether it's death whether it's circumstance whether it's your health man i i had dinner with my sister last night i thought i was visiting er we kept describing all the different family members we know it's tough being in a family that's getting older all you young cats enjoy it while you can because as soon as you turn 41 all your teeth are going to rot your socks too you start meeting with older folks. What they discuss is, what are you taking? What, what am I taking? I'm in the walking stores. You know, we we banned marijuana. I'm, I'm almost for, mo- you know, no, I mean, you know, uh, you're on this. And, and so as I get my sister Hayes on the car, I said, well, thanks, uh, ER. I, I'm so depressed, I can hardly sleep. I don't know of anybody well. You know, this one, that one, this one, that one and uh, we need hope that it will get better that our future is better than our present and he says I'm the God who gives hope and besides hope I give peace which is not the absence of problems it's happiness in spite of them it's uh, happiness because I have a happy God and this God it uh, doesn't care if I got an A or a C. doesn't care if I'm wealthy, if I'm just making it. Uh, this God gives me a uh, peace in the storm. You see, when Jesus is on board, you may have storms. But remember, you've got a peacemaker on board. Don't panic. Just wake him up. Say, are you aware of the storm? And he can just simply say, by the way, he said, peace, be still. And you know what he didn't do? In the name of God, be still. He didn't do that. He didn't say in the name of Allah, be still. He invoked no other name. He spoke from his own authority to show he was God. This is God talking wind. This is God talking waves. Be still. He didn't say in the name of Yahweh. I told you to be still. His deity. I'm in charge of the wave. See, see, you can't, the storm doesn't love you, but Christ does, and he's the only way through the storm. So he gives his people hope. He gives us peace, and he gives us joy. Uh, Happiness based upon Christ. Happiness, uh, unexplainable sometimes. There's times you ought to be wiped out, and you're rejoicing. I I think of this brother, uh, David, that we did his wife's funeral last Saturday. Uh, I, I, I talked to him over 10 days from the time she had the stroke, to the time she passed away to the time she was uh, they uh, scattered her ashes Uh, and that man in 10 days of conversation exhorted encouraged and abounded in joy for 10 days and everybody just kept saying well wait till the grief hits you wait till the grief hits you you mean he'll lose joy then he'll lose peace then They'll lose hope then. No, no, no. There's nothing to hit. He gives, and there's one condition for this. While you're trusting God, it's the only condition. And I think what he's saying when he concludes in this prayer, you got acceptance with God. you got peace with God. You got your joy from God and you got hope from God through no merit of your own, through no dietary laws, through no sacred days, through no little scruples, whether I could drink the wine or not, whether I go to dances or not, whether I do this. You got it all by Putting your trust in God. Let nothing diminish that between you and a fellow believer. The thing that makes us family is we have both put our trust in God. Not that we both order the same thing from the menu. It's our trust in God. And say, do you know this God? Say, Oh, I do. But you, you're off so much in these areas. Yeah, I know it. He didn't save me because I was right on him. He saved me because I put my trust in Christ. What about you, Mr. Strong? Well, well, uh, I'm strong because I want to prove you wrong. Well, it proves you're not strong at all. You're the muscle man of the world. God has turned strength into a crucifixion. God has turned his arm of salvation into being crucified. And the arrows were spent in the back of this Messiah, because the mighty warrior of heaven became weak. I love this in the story of Jacob when he wrestled with the angel. It's you know amazing to me. When Jacob wrestled, could you imagine having a wrestling match? Think of this. With one who was God the Son. This was God the Son. The angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is God the Son. And here, Jacob, a mere man, that conniver, slanderer, and he's going to see Jacob. He's beat Jacob out of his birthright. He's lied to his father about stealing the birthright. Got the blessing. But he knows he didn't deserve it. He had to deceive. He was really blessing Esau, but Jacob put a little sheep's skin there and made himself smell like a, a warrior and a hunter. And daddy blessed him, but he thought he was blessing Esau. All of this working on him, and now he's going towards Esau, and he knows Esau is going to kill him. He hates him. But he sends everybody ahead, and he has this wrestling match with not just an angel but with the second person of the Godhead. Can you imagine? No, you can't. You're just there kind of under control. You can't imagine. A man can wrestle with God? I mean, so much that God touches him right in his hip and dries up the sinew right there in his hip and he's gonna limp towards Esau. You know what he did? You can never run again. I'll make it where you can't run anymore, Jacob. You're going to need me more than you ever needed me. I'll put a limp. Some of you need God to injure you. You're too busy running away from Him. Let him injure you. You'll cling to him. But here's the amazing thing. How do you win a wrestling match against God? This is how God made himself weak enough. He let Jacob win. He just said, Because, listen, Jacob, listen to him. I ain't letting you go until you bless me. How did, a man saying this to God? You ain't getting out of here. And the sun begins to break. And here, Jacob, I got, and he just touches him on the hip to let him go. He said, I will bless you. All you need to do is have some children. I had girls. But it's really, you love it with boys, but I did it with girls too. But especially boys, because their egos are bigger. There's a way dads wrestle with boys. And it's fun to see little ones grow up. My grandchildren do it. They wrestle and wrestle, and man, they want to put me down, and, and all this kind of stuff. You know what's fun as a dad is as they start getting up a little bit older, you start letting them win. You let them pin you down. And man, they walk out. These say, Whew, we beat grandpa pin him to the mat I just leave it alone it's kind of hard on me though because I want to smack him you didn't really win I'm willing to let love conquer and what Christ did to get Jew and Gentile he got weak enough to let us get the blessing and that weakness was his death on the cross and he threw back the gate for every racial group every ethnic group after Calvary, the gates have been thrown wide open. So he says to you and I, hear me, hear me. You want to be an evangelist? You want to be effective in this community? Get rid of your religious snobbery and start embracing people. Quit being a snob. Quit acting like you're better than anybody. You are not. You're just as worthy of hell as the worst sinner in town. And the thing that ruins us as evangelists and the church and why people don't want to be around so many Christians is they are so damn right about so much. And I said damn to see how big you are. We need to humble ourselves as the people that deserved hell. I ought to be able to accept anybody. I love what John Newton said. The profligate whoremongering slave trading rapist that wrote Amazing Grace when a man came to him and said I've almost despaired of my son being saved and he said John Newton said since God has saved me I've despaired of him saving no one else for no one can be any worse than me when's the last time you said be merciful to me God a sinner I'm not worthy let us at least as his representatives throw our arms wide open and say, we can accept you. We don't approve of everything you do. You didn't ask us to. We just can accept you as a sinner for whom Christ died. Amen. Forgive me if the language was too hard on you. Weaker brethren. Our Father, I pray, open our hearts to love people like you loved us when we were in the wilderness and exile of our sins. And I think of us Gentiles so far, it seemed impossible that we could ever be accepted by God. How terrible our ancestry and behavior. How could you ever get us in? But you bore the insults. You bore my sins. I hear Isaiah said. For all of our iniquities were laid upon him. And I hear Paul say. For God made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Send us out to be evangelists. Witnesses. And people lovers simply because because we want to imitate the Christ who loved and received us. Make it so. Deliver us from our self-righteousness, our small circles, and our terrible pride that we might love hell-destined sinners while it is still time. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Our series is simply entitled Epilogue, a look at the closing chapters of the Book of Romans here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Closing out our time together today, we would remind you that if you have questions or comments about the broadcast, we'd love to address them as best we can, prayer requests as well. You're also invited to join us for worship as this broadcast originates from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and we'd love for you to be a part of the fellowship. You can contact us for further information at 855-833-9864 or stop by our website, valleybible.org. Our service times are found there at the website as well as directions to the church. And again, we'd love to see you in person. In fact, if you do plan on joining us, would you let one of the ushers know you were invited by the radio program? That would mean a great deal to us. It kind of helps us understand who all listening and who all joins us for worship. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. Also, as we conclude our time together today, we would remind you that copies of the broadcast are available when you contact us. If you would like the entire set for a gift of $15 or more, we'll send it out to you. Simply request epilogue when you contact us. We also have the entire 8-Set Romans series for a gift of $100 or more, and that's 47 sermons altogether. Please remember that these are tax-deductible gifts that you send our way, and it is our way of saying thank you for supporting and sponsoring Truth For Today as we send these resources back out to you again. And if you would like to be a TFT sustainer where you're helping us out month by month, again, no gift too small or too large, What we would like to do is say thank you by sending out a quarterly newsletter, a once a year special gift, and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil. It's our weekly video devotional that we'll send out to you via email. Again, contact us for further information about becoming a TFT Sustainer, 855-833-9864, or visit our website, valleybible.org. If you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're found here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, God bless.